whether you're buying your first car or getting a replacement one. Today, we're going to share the tips you need to know so that you can snag the best deal on your next ride. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. For many families, having a car payment is a part of their finances, and it eats up a big chunk of their budget. Right now, the average car payment for new vehicles is around $530, and for used cars, it's around $381. It doesn't have to be that way, though. When we switched over to buying our cars with cash, it really freed up so many options. Besides having more flexibility with our money on a monthly basis, we also found that we tended to save a significant amount on the total purchase price with our cars. Now, getting to that point takes a mindset shift and a system in place. It's not something that happens overnight, but you can set things up where you're moving in that direction. And when you keep your car costs affordable, you can then redirect your hard-earned money towards other goals that matter to you, including financial independence. So I want to help you out with that today. One of our goals for 2020 was to get a replacement car for my husband, Rob. He uses it for his commute. While the Maxima has been a fantastic vehicle for many years, it was becoming obvious that we needed something else. Originally, we were looking at hunting around this summer once we had taken care of the kitchen renovation project. But long story short, we found ourselves last month scouring online and at dealerships for his car. We found a great one that we love that was well within our budget. So I want to take you through our process of finding it and then buying it outright, which I recommend for sure. But I know that we're all at different parts in our journey So you may want to look at financing as a part of your purchase. So how can you make sure you're getting the best deal, not only on the car, but your interest rate? Bob Sherwin is here today on the show to answer those questions. He's the indirect auto underwriting department manager at Coastal Credit Union. So he's the perfect person to walk us through the process. In this episode, we're going to get into finding a reliable car that's going to last for years preparing to save up, as well as how to prepare if you're financing the purchase, and then negotiating the best deal. You have more power at the dealership than you think. Sounds good? Let's get started. Whether you're on the hunt for a new or used car, one of the key things you need to look out for is finding a reliable vehicle. So the best deal on a car is a car that you're not going to have to put a lot of money into after you own it as well. That's something that people need to consider. Uh, JD Power does a good report where they look at uh, reliability five years out. So that's a great resource. It's no holds barred. Uh, They just tell you the truth about which cars are are going to perform, historically have performed. And I would use that. Um, Now, if you're only planning on leasing a car or only having it for three years or two years, maybe it's not as important about the reliability, but then you have to worry about resale. So reliability equals higher resale value. So 
Even if it's something that you're not going to keep, you want to be able to get your money back out of it if you're going to sell it. Buying reliable used cars can be a financially savvy thing to do. Did you know that with new cars, they depreciate an average of 20 to 30% that first year? And by the fifth year, it's down to around 60%. But many families hold back getting a used car because they're worried about getting hit with huge car expenses and repairs. However, by researching up front and following through on routine maintenance, you can really win with used cars. So how do you find them? Nowadays, there are so many different options. When we were hunting around for my husband's replacement car, we looked at Consumer Reports, Car Gurus, and Edmunds. We wanted to look not just at the purchase price, but the total cost of ownership. How reliable were these models? If they needed repairs, would they be pricey? Bob also had another great recommendation. Carfax is another source. You can key in the VIN of the car. It'll tell you how many people have owned the car, if it was ever commercially insured, if it's been in any accidents. It's not 100%. It's not infallible, but they do have a guarantee. And I will also say I do vouch for Carfax as well because we've had the experience where what we were told with both a private seller and a dealership didn't match what was on the report. Overall, most people we've encountered when we are buying cars have been honest, but you really want to do your homework with any cars you're thinking of buying. With Carfax, the report can cost money, well worth it in my opinion, but if you're using a tool like AutoSmart does for their members, you can get it for free. So check out with your local credit union and bank and see if they have a similar tool that can help you be armed with more information. Doing your research even before you step into any car dealership lot or see any car in person may seem like overkill, but it's one of the best ways that you can find a deal and the car that's right for you. Using these sites and tools, we were able to narrow down our list. Initially, we wanted to go for a hybrid, but based on we saw what was available and the fact that my husband did not want a Prius, we had to widen out the net and look at fuel-efficient cars. These tools gave us an idea of what to expect with the price range, and we later used that information to negotiate with the dealer. Let's talk for a minute on a big question that people have. How do you save up for a down payment and hopefully get to the point where you can buy a car with cash? I'm going to be honest, unless you have a significant amount of income coming in, it takes having a system so you can build up your payments. And for us, it was a process. So we had a car loan. I had a Volkswagen Jetta that we paid off early. And what we started doing after that final payment was sent in, we began a plan to save up for the next one, even though both cars were reliable and fine at the time. So you think of a car loan, you make the payments every month, it's the same idea, but when you're saving up ahead of time, you have some more flexibility. If you have a tight month, you don't make a payment into that savings, but in general, say if I had a car payment of 300, then start saving $150 for the next car. Let's say you keep this up for three years. Then you're looking at $5,400 that you can put towards a down payment and you can trade in or privately sell your other vehicle. 
So that can be a significant help on lowering the car payment on the next one, or you could decide that you're just going to buy it outright with what you already have. But let's say instead of lowering that car payment you were making for 300, that you kept it, but you put it into savings. Now at the end of three years, you'd have $10,800 to put towards a car, which is enough to get a fantastic used car. We got ours for under 10,000, or you can drastically reduce your next car loan. The point is continuing those car payments after you paid off your current one ahead of time. Don't take a break. Even if it's a smaller amount that you're putting aside every month, it makes a difference. Basically, we haven't had a car payment in over 10 years now, and I can't imagine it any other way. But of course, you could be at a different point with your finances where you do want to do some financing with this car purchase. What do you need to do to get things ready? Bob walked me through the process that Coastal members go through, plus he has some tips on how to prepare your finances so you can get a competitive rate on a car loan. So you want to know where you stand financially, um, credit-wise. It's wise to go ahead and, and check your credit report, make sure there's nothing on there that you didn't know was there, a collection item that may have gotten by you, a medical collection or something that's not even uh, tied to you whatsoever. So you want to make sure those things don't exist. Um, and then you, if you can, go ahead and communicate with your credit union, see what rate you qualify for, and use that as a bargaining chip when you go into the dealership. Um, a lot of times they'll, they'll say, you know, this is the best interest rate I can give you today. And you can look at them and say, well, actually, I've got my own interest rate right here because I went ahead and got pre-approved. So having that knowledge, knowledge is king and any kind of negotiating. Um, so again, get pre-qualified. They may even have a better rate for you. Sometimes uh, if you're buying a new car, the manufacturers will have tremendous rates because it's in their interest to push those new cars out. So, you know, Toyota might have good rates, uh, Honda, Chevy, Ford, uh, and those are paid. The manufacturer will actually funnel some money over to the, to the finance side in order to get that great rate. So sometimes we're not the lowest. We try to be, um, but sometimes they have those subvented rates is what they're called, that you actually qualify for a better interest rate and all the power to you because money you don't spend on interest is uh, more money in your pocket. You know what car you want. You have your finances in a good spot and you know what you're supposed to do. Before you go to that dealership or head over to test drive that car from Craigslist though, you have got to be prepared. We had good experiences with the dealerships we went to during our car hunt, but let's be real. They are there to sell you a car. You have to be aware of the game so that you can play to win. So you want to be careful uh, every time you go into a car dealership to uh, take a test drive, let them know that you're not looking to buy that day. Just say, look, I'm, I'm not here to buy. I'm here looking for a car and I'm looking for the best deal. Uh, if they demand that you fill out a credit application, you just say, look, I'm, I'm not into that. Uh, I'll walk if I have to. Don't be afraid to walk. You can go somewhere else. So you just want to let them know I'm here to look. I'm not here to buy. Now, if you treat me right, 
and you have a great product, I may come back to you and I probably would come back to you uh, and just let them know up front. Now, the thing to remember is salespeople at these dealerships, they are there to make money and most of them aren't paid on how much money is made on a car. They're looking for how many cars they can sell in a period of time. Usually it's uh, a month. Sometimes they'll have a fast start to the month and they want a bunch of cars out by the 15th and they get a little extra bonus. So, but if you're honest with them, they'll hook you up with the right salesperson who likes to take the time to make that relationship uh, rather than just going for the, the quantity over quality. Um, the other thing is these, if you're buying a new car, they have these surveys that they have to, to score well on in order to maximize their money from the manufacturer. So you should get treated well. If you're not getting treated well, you have the opportunity to take it out on them in a survey. So you let them know, if you treat me well, I'll treat you well on your survey. And, and that's going to strike a chord with them right there. Now, I know sometimes you want to immediately go home with a car that you see on the lot, but it can be in your best interest to hold off just a little while longer. So you go home and you think about it. And then this is what I would do. I would start negotiating with the car dealership online. It's a lot easier to negotiate. You know, your, your computer is, is small. Some of these sales managers and salespeople are big people and they stand over you and try to intimidate you or tell you about how their kid's dog just died and all this stuff. You know, you don't have to put up with that online. You're just, it's very basic. This is what I, I want. What's the best price you can get me at? Then you go to True Car. Dealers hate True Car. I was at a convention a couple of years ago and there was a True Car booth there. It was a digital dealer conference. So this was all the high tech stuff all over the country that all came to Tampa, Florida for this conference. And nobody was going to visit True Car because car dealers hate True Car. Because what you do is you, you let True Car know what you're looking for and they actually farm it out to all their participating dealers and they cut each other down to nothing. So they're losing money on that. Yeah. So that's a great resource. Having that separation really does make a difference. When we were shopping for the car, we used the AutoSmart tool that Coastal had, and it was fantastic because we could see what the price was even before we stepped onto the lot and that they would honor that price. So if you are not into negotiating in person, going online and doing some of that there can be the route for you. So you find the car that you like, you're ready to sign the papers, but you look at it and notice that the price is higher than you expected. There are fees, taxes involved. Which ones are negotiable and which ones aren't? So you'll have a title fee. Title fees are 100% accurate. That's what the dealership is being charged by the DMV. Same for the tax. The tax is what it is. You're not going to get around those. The documentation fee, that's the one that everybody always jumps up and screams. So sales and dealerships don't make a lot of money. Uh, not on new cars. New cars, it, it, it's very much bottom price, just trying to get out of their inventory. And where dealerships make money is in service. So is maintaining your vehicle. Cars are extremely uh, complicated now. They're complex to fix a heater in a car. Do this. Look up 
uh, photos for fixing a heater in a car. And literally the entire car is just dismantled from the inside out. Um, and if you can imagine the labor involved in doing that, I have a guy who works for me two weeks ago, uh, had to replace a light bulb in his headlamp. It was three hours of labor because the front bumper had to be removed. It's all those little things. Yeah. So there's nothing simple about a car anymore. Um, so the documentation fee, let me get back to that. That is a, a fee that they have designated that they're going to charge every customer who walks in the store. You'd be hard pressed to not find a dealership that has that. Basically what that is, is the bare minimum that they're charging to keep their front end operation open. There just isn't a lot of profit in new car sales. Used car sales, totally different story. You get a used car in, and well, this is more of a price topic, but you get a used car in and you're at a, a dealership, first thing you have to do is you have to take that car, however you obtain the car, whether it was at an auction or from a uh, direct seller, you have to run it through your shop. You have to make sure that you're not selling something that you know, is all duct taped together and uh, it shouldn't be on the road. Uh, remember that dealer is putting their name on that, that they're putting it out to the public. They don't want that. They don't want any bad units out there. So they get that car in and that shop bill can be anywhere from two to $300 uh, all the way up to, I think $1,800 was the reconditioning, average reconditioning on a dealership that I checked with uh, last week when I was preparing for this. So you see, I mean, by the time you put new tires, um, verify everything is up and running, uh, brakes, um, it, it can get pretty expensive. So when you think you've got that great deal on a used car, the thing you have to think is, well, how did they get such a great deal on it? That's when you want to start looking at the tires. You want to definitely make sure you take it to your mechanic to ensure that it was maintained properly, that it was reconditioned properly. Uh, you know, if there's a dent on the, the fender, who cares? You bought a used car. That's not what you should be concerned about. A couple of scratches here and there. You know, it's fine if the dealer fixes it for you, but what you need to worry about is what's going on under the hood. So uh, new cars come with a warranty. Um, you're you're going to have that. Warranties are awesome, but you can never buy an aftermarket warranty. That's a, that's a misnomer. Uh, there's service contracts. The only warranty that you ever get is from the manufacturer which you can buy a service contract. So then the question is, is it worth getting the service contract? Yeah. So this gets really complex. Um, if, if you're buying a, a new car and you don't know how long you're going to keep it, I would advise not buying a warranty. There are aftermarket warranties that you can purchase. So you don't have to buy them from the, the dealership at the time of purchase. If you decide three years in that you're, you know, you're going to keep this one for the long haul, you love it, you can go back to the dealership and buy a warranty or an extended service contract. So, but if I'm buying a used car and I don't know who drove it before me, I don't know what part of the country it was from, I'm really going to consider that used car warranty or service contract. Uh, definitely. So here's the thing. When you're buying a service contract, from a dealership, you're buying a used car. We're going to go off the used car example. So I'm in, I'm buying a used car and this car has 50,000 miles on it. Uh, it's two years old. 
and the dealership is saying, I want to sell you a warranty. Well, the first thing you want to do, and this is so critically important, you want to look at that dealer and you want to say, I want to use car warranty. If they say, well, no, it's, we, I can put you on a new car warranty. No, nope. you want to use car warranty. The difference is a new car warranty, the warranty date and mileage starts from the very moment that car was sold to its first owner. So if you were to buy, yeah, if you were to buy a six-year, 75,000-mile warranty, that would end when that six-year period is up from the date of the first person buying it or 75,000 miles, which you're only 35,000 miles away from. So if you buy a used car warranty and it's a six-year, 75,000-mile warranty, a used car warranty starts on that date and goes 75,000 miles from the mileage of the time you purchase it, at the time you purchase it. So it is, it is nuance, but it's important if you're buying a used car, get a used car warranty or service contract. So remember that. There you have it. Hopefully you feel more empowered and educated when you go for your next car. And I have to say, we picked up so many tips from Bob and used quite a bit of them with our own car hunt. And if you want to find out more about buying a car, we have an extended interview on our YouTube channel where we talk about things like how to decide if it's better for you to trade in your old car or to sell it yourself. Just head over to Simplify and Enjoy on YouTube or on the website, I will have its own post on that. Special thanks to Bob for being such a huge help on this episode. And thanks to Coastal for sponsoring this podcast. If you're living in the Triangle area of North Carolina, you really want to check out Coastal. Besides having competitive rates with their auto loans, when you're a member, they serve you. This month, they rewarded their members with loyalty bonuses in their accounts. Yes, they put money into your account. It's just one way that they give back. If you want to check them out and see what else they have to offer, please visit bankbetter.org. As always, I'll have the resources we mentioned in the episode as well as extras in the show notes over at simplifyandenjoy.com. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be switching gears. We're going to be talking about earning more money, specifically an avenue that sounds exciting and fun, but the question is, can you really make money on it? Real estate investing. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You don't want to miss out on that episode. Our music today was from Lee Rosevere and Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. It means a lot to me. If you ever have any questions, stories, or tips that you want to share, please reach out. Be a part of our community. Just go to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.